We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another edition of the Rotowire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen here with Alex Barutha. It is Thursday, January 26th. Uh, Alex, back to back pods for you and I. Uh, you'll be back tomorrow with Kenneth Shannon going for the trifecta. Uh, we got another kind of fun episode coming your way today. We'll, we'll hit a couple of the news items from Wednesday night's 10 game slate, but uh, we're at the 50 game mark, essentially. On average, every team has played about 50 games, so we're, we're, we're past the halfway point. We're not quite yet to the trade deadline, to the All Star game. Uh, but we at least have a pretty good feel for where the season is heading fantasy wise. And we thought it would be fun. And we initially talked about doing like a redraft, I guess, like kind of knowing what we know now, but we thought it might be more useful and more actionable for listeners. If we did a draft starting right now, as in who would you take for the rest of the season uh, on out? So uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but first and foremost, uh, I kind of want to Talk about like what 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 was your methodology uh, as you went about kind of putting together your list and you know kind of discussing in your head like certain guys that you you know you might want to draft or certain guys you might want to stay away from. Some of it is um, what might happen at the All Star break or not the All Star mm-hmm. break, excuse me the um, uh, the trade deadline. You know, there's always a possibility that some of these guys uh, get moved uh, depending on what the team does, but. Also, you know, you have to weigh injury risk. You have to weigh, like, is there a shutdown possibility? But, um, you know, and some of these guys, because we're drafting in the middle of the year, some of these guys are hurt, right? Like Kevin Durant. Um, so you have to sort of start weighing, like, well, I already think I'm going to miss 10 games, you know, maybe five games of Kevin Durant. What's his injury risk? It wasn't it wasn't super different from how I approached the beginning of the season draft, actually. Yeah, I, I went back and you know we're, we're using fan tracks to just kind of track each pick and I don't know, maybe we'll play this out for fun. Uh, but you know I was looking at ADP and I, I thought there would be like these massive swings and for the most part that's not really the case. I mean it, it depends on your team construction. With some guys like Giannis was number two in ADP. If you look at like our, our season long rankings on Rotowire, he's way down the list. Like for in eight cat for example, he's like the fiftieth most valuable player. He's much lower in nine cap because of turnovers, but obviously nobody's claiming that Giannis is the 50th best fantasy player. Uh, However, his deficiencies in terms of turnovers and free throws can drag you down depending on your build. For me, it's, I I think the the things that you pointed out as far as like, you know, who could be changing teams, what kind of context could be changing, you know, could, could a player be shut down? Those were all big, but you know, as has been the case in, in real life thus far, like injuries are, are by far the biggest thing. It's like, how do you value Carl Anthony Towns going forward. Like, do you have any interest in LaMelo Ball? Uh, guys like Zion Williamson, Kevin Durant were really tough for me as well. Yeah, we had this play out with a couple of guys at the beginning of this year, right? Like, uh, LaMelo got hurt uh, pretty quickly. We had, like, um, well, SGA had, was it like a knee injury? I don't know uh, what it was with SGA. I, I think LaMelo got hurt roughly 30 seconds after we completed the Sirius XM Experts draft, and I took him at, I think, number 11 there. Yeah, and the SGA, I think, had, like, knee soreness, and that dropped him, like, 15 spots in most yeah. drafts, which was crazy. Um, and then uh, Chris Middleton 
you know, to obviously who managed to come back from the wrist injury a little later than people hoped, didn't play that well, and then got hurt again. But yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys can drop anywhere between 15 and 20 spots if people expect them to miss 10 games right out of the gate. So that could that could uh, mm-hmm. play out the same way here. Yeah, and obviously we're taking into account current injuries. You know, we're, we're not just assuming everybody's healthy. So there are some guys like Durant and like Zion who uh, we have no idea when they're going to be back. You know, we, we, we get these kind of fungible timetables, but, you know, you, you kind of have to make a decision. Like, do you, do you think Kevin Durant's going to play right after the All-Star break or do you think he could remain out beyond that? Um, and, and obviously players like Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, you know, you have to value uh, just how many games you think they'll play the rest of the way as well. So, yeah, that's a little primer for what we'll be doing in, in just a few minutes here. Looking forward to that. Uh, in terms of news, we, we need to check in on a couple guys who are back from injury. Uh, we had a 60-point game in the NBA last night. Uh, Anthony Davis finally made it back for the Lakers. Uh, if you watched the game last night, it was a, kind of a wire-to-wire Lakers win over you know one of the worst teams in the league, in the Spurs. Uh, Anthony Davis somehow almost tweaked his ankle in this game on a half-quarter, which would have been the most Anthony Davis thing of all time. Yeah, going for that half-court heave. I think he stepped on, like, Jakob Pertl's I think it was a flagrant, too, right? Uh, I didn't see that. They called it a flagrant. Crazy, man. Yeah, he's just one of those people who, you know, I I think we've talked about this before. It's it's surprising more people don't get hurt in the NBA with, you know, everyone's jumping, everyone's legs and feet are all around the ground. Everybody's running in for rebounds. But, yeah, that would have been horrible for him. But, I mean, he... He looks great. 26 minutes, 21 points, 12 boards, four blocks. Obviously, that's huge. You would, <laughs> If you're the Lakers, you'd like to have a little bit more of a decisive win than 113-104 over the over the hospital Spurs. Hey, look, you'll take what you could get if you're the Lakers. Apparently, yeah. Um, well, you know, Sohan's been playing pretty well lately. Um, <laughs> I yeah. love Sohan, by the way. I don't I don't know like at what point he's going to turn into like an actual good player, but I, if, I feel like it's coming at some point. Started doing the um the one-handed free throw, right? Yes. The one-handed been, free throws, the Dennis Rodman hair, like these are all very positive indicators. He's been much better since. Like over the past five games, 82% from the free throw line. And like yeah. that was starting to become like the, the real hole in his game. It's like this man cannot shoot at all. And he's been a little bit better from three during this time, too. I think it's a little streaky, but um, oh, big time. he's def- he's definitely interesting. He, he had some really interesting games at the beginning of the year, went through a pretty rough patch for almost all of November and into December, but uh, I mean, he scored 14 plus now in five straight games. So last five games, he's averaging 16 points, six assists or six rebounds, excuse me, two and a half assists shooting 53% from the field, 58% from three on, on limited attempts, uh, 82% at the line, which obviously, like you said, was a big concern early on. He's just a unique player. Like we, I feel like we don't see, that many ultra unique guys, especially, you know, middle of the draft, middle of the first round type of guys like Sohan. Um, you just don't really see that that much anymore. It's like, there's so many just kind of three and D wings. Like that's what everybody's looking for. But he, he just kind of reminds me of a guy who's like straight out of the eighties. Yeah. Um, he can, yeah, he's a little, he's a little bit of a playmaker too. Some passing upside just gets to the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll be, I, you know he's getting a little boost here with the with the Spurs not being uh, great, but yeah. you know down, it, the, the the benefit of that, of course, always is that we're gonna get to see him down the stretch try to put it together and, and get a decent amount of minutes out of him. So um, I'm I'm excited. The Lakers, by the way, still in 13th, but uh, they have trimmed the deficit to getting to fourth place only to three games right now. So unfurl the banner at, at Crypto Arena, three games out of the four seed in the Western conference. Uh, we, we talked about, you know, on the pod Wednesday, potential ramifications as far as what that might mean for the Lakers at the trade deadline. So uh, if you want to listen to that, uh, just go back in your feed and, and check out that episode. Uh, but yeah, you said it, Anthony Davis off the bench, 26 minutes, 21 points, 12 rebounds, four blocks uh, look fantastic. You know, other than uh, almost getting hurt on the half quarter. I mean, the NBA has a problem here. Like we, we got to do something about guys sliding their feet under guys shooting half court shots. Yeah, that's just completely unnecessary. <laughs> I actually, speaking of the NBA doing something, I wish that um, they did not count the half-court shot as a field goal attempt so that more guys would take it. Oh, um, yeah. Encourage more half-quarters, 100%. There's just no reason not to do that. Like, just, you know, they're doing the field the field goal percentage savings club, right? Like, yeah. they just pretend like they're going to shoot it. Just don't count that as a field goal attempt. I don't know why that... That's not going to destroy the integrity of right. the stats of the game. Like, we're already talking about, hey, maybe we should reduce the games. We should do this, do yep. that. This is like the least thing you could do and would provide way more entertainment. 
Well, they already track it. Like basketball reference has, right. you know, they have a category for heaves. Uh, and obviously it does still count as a, as a three pointer, but yeah, I, I would have no problem with that. I think the one issue is that there would maybe be the unintended consequence of if it doesn't count guys like LeBron would just start taking half quarters for fun <laughs> because there's no downside. Uh, maybe it would, maybe they should like under, you know, when the shot clock is off, um, yeah. only. Yeah. Or yeah, if it, you have to be behind the line. Like you, you could like challenge whether or not a player's foot was on the line for the half quarter. Uh, <laughs> right. Anyway, we, we're going way too far on this. Uh, the other nugget for the Lakers in this game, Rui Hachimura made his debut off the bench, 22 minutes for Rui. That's kind of more than I thought he would get right away, especially with Davis coming back. Looked pretty good. 12 points, six rebounds, fit in. All right. Uh, hit a three, had a steal and an assist as well. Uh, I, I do think he is much more of a name than somebody I'm really interested in in for fantasy. Like he's never been that good of a fantasy player. Even when he's at his best, he's essentially a points rebounds guy who occasionally hits threes. Yes. Um, his best season in fantasy was his rookie year and he ranked 153, played 30 minutes a game. I just, there's no, he's a, he's a good rotation player for them just because they need rotation guys. But he, he to me, his three point shooting has been really up and down throughout his career. Not a great passer, not a great defender or anything like that. They've tried him at small ball center in Washington. Like, that's how I knew things were not going well for him. Um, but, you know, he can he can pull up from the mid-range. He's not going to get that shot blocked. Um, I just don't think he scares defenses at all. I just don't think he does anything out there that, like, you know, opposing teams see Rui Hachimura check in and they're like, oh, we got to make sure we're, we're locked in. Um, <laughs> you know, there's some, uh, like, I... Like there are some guys who do that. Like Bones Highland plays like ten minutes a game right now, right? Like he's his minutes have really come down, but teams still have to like prepare when a guy like that comes in just because he's so crafty. Yeah, Bones Highland, Emmanuel Quickly, those guys they're, they're like kindred spirits to me in some ways. But you know, you're, you're totally right. Uh, with with Hachimura, just not a lot there. I think if he wasn't a lottery pick, nobody would really care. But you just when you're a lottery pick, when you're a star in college, uh, you just kind of have this cachet that lasts a lot longer than it should at times. Uh, Brandon Ingram back in action for the Pelicans last night. Pretty disastrous return. Four of 18 from the field. 0 of 6 from 3. This was his first game uh, in, in exactly two months since November 25th. Uh, did play 26 minutes. That was a good sign. I mean, I, I think you have to take it as a positive that he felt comfortable taking 18 shots, but clearly has a, a little bit of rust to shake off still. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched the recap of this game on the on the NBA app, and I think they showed all four of Ingram's makes. And I was like, he must have had a great game. Uh, no, not not at all, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just a classic. Like, you get your star back, he plays bad. You try to integrate him back into the offense, things get jumbled, and you lose to the Timberwolves. <laughs> like, I think I think it can just be as simple as that. I I don't, you know, he took so long to get back onto the court, and uh, you know, the reports were that he. It took him so long. Like, basically, it sounds like the medical staff had cleared him, but he said he didn't feel comfortable. So I would hope that he can ramp up extremely quickly and he'll just get back into his, his normal play now that he feels comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with CJ McCollum when he came back from his injury. He had, like, three horrendous games in a row and then just kind of snapped back to being who he is. So, yeah, I mean, nothing to really be concerned about. Obviously, happy to see Brandon Ingram back in the lineup and, and good to just get him back before the all-star break. Um, so you don't have to deal with, you know, the, the question marks over the, the time off. Uh, Damian Lillard went for 60 last night, much needed win for the Blazers. They beat the jazz 134, 124. Portland put up 47 in the second quarter alone. Lillard 21 of 29 from the field, nine of 15 from three, nine of 10 at the line at eight assists, three steals as well. Uh, he, he's a first round value now in fantasy. It kind of was up and down uh, to begin the year uh, in terms of total value. He ranks a little bit lower due to the time that he missed over the first couple of months, but he's 10th now in, in per game value in eight cat. He's still amazing, man. 60 points on 29 shots is that's, that's ridiculous. Um, and only four turnovers, the eight assists. I mean, they needed him to do that too. Cause like you mentioned, yes, they had a 47 point second quarter, but they scored 19 in the first and gave up 31. So it was very much like a Lillard taking over the game performance. And um, yeah, I mean, they're 23, 25. They're a team that we talked about last pod. I think they got to do something at the deadline. 
they might fare a little better in the playoffs just because they're so top heavy and you're going to play your starters 42, 43 minutes in a lot of these playoff games. You might not need your bench as much, but they just feel like they need a little jolt of something to, to snap them out of this funk. And, you know, maybe Lillard popping off like this, maybe it'll rally the team a bit and they'll go on a little run here. You never know. Yeah, maybe this is what Josh Hart needed, you know, to uh, kind of snap out of his funk. He's inspired by Damian Lillard scoring 60. Maybe he'll go for 60. Well, uh, Hart, Hart and Nurkic both actually got hurt in this game. So I noticed that as a as yeah. a Nurkic fantasy owner, it has been a just a roller coaster with a lot of downs the last couple of weeks. He is one of the most just up and down Ugh. players to roster in fantasy because you know the potential is crazy if he's out there 30 yep. minutes, but he'll play 21 minutes sometimes. He'll get hurt. He'll get in foul trouble. And the funny thing is he's still got to be what, like the 15th best center in the NBA. Um, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah. I, I just had like a disaster week with injuries in, in stake league. I, I started Nurkic. He gets hurt midweek. I kept Gobert on the bench thinking that like maybe he would play one or two games, but the calf was still iffy. He's put up like two monster double doubles the last two games. Uh, I, I just can't figure it out. And meanwhile, Kawhi is like back to being a top 30 guy per game like he, he's like the, the least of my concerns in that league i you know the second half of your season uh i think i think you'll you'll be better in the uh in the second half than the first because it's not actually possible for you to be worse than the first half i think uh so there was a time where i thought i might set like the league record for fewest category fewest points roto points season. yeah yeah which now i i feel bad our, our guy par uh one of the tech guys at rotowire who typically does really well in basically every league that he plays in he's, he's a shark but He's got it worse than I do in terms of injuries. He had Cade Cunningham, who I think he's since dropped. He's I'm looking at his roster now, and he I think he's basically dropped all the guys that got hurt. But he's he's in a distant last, and it's not his own fault. I mean, he had like literally everybody that should have been good for him went down, and he you know he had Chris Middleton on his roster, and even like some of the periphery guys he hit. Like he has Franz Wagner, he has Ben Matherin, he has Wendell Carter, he has John Morant, he has Aaron Gordon. Like all those guys have been way better than we expected, but injuries, man, just ravaging teams yeah it's tough you gotta at some point it just becomes uh especially in like a 16 team league you have to be so active in streaming like this guy's on a four game week i just have to get him like you gotta put in like five waiver claims for guys who are playing a ton of games and you just have to it's constant it's a grind like you can dig yourself out of it that way but it it's it's a severe uphill battle yeah I'm ashamed to admit I'm starting Eric Gordon in that league this week. Oh, uh, he had a four game week. He's not playing tonight, of course. Uh, knee soreness got him, but yeah, man. I mean, it's it's bleak. Like that's it's one of those leagues where every every Saturday or Sunday, I, like I'm excited to to go to the waiver wire and like see what I could do to improve my team. And it's just it's so depressing. Like there are just no options. Right. Um, I was. I'm just the fact that Malik Monk uh, is like the glue holding a couple of my teams together throughout a lot of yeah. the season is is a problem. Um, but I'm still, I'm holding out hope for Zach Collins. All right, let's, uh, let's get that pearl trade underway. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Final note on the stake league, by the way, I, I checked this morning. I have Lillard in that league. It says a lot about my team that Lillard went for 60 and I actually lost ground last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I lost a half a point in the standings. So, uh, things really moving along there. Um, okay. Any other news from last night that I missed? I don't think so. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, well let's uh, let's get to the draft then. So I'll I'll kind of try to relay out what we're doing here, and then I'll, I'll let you clean up anything that that I forgot. Uh, but basically, we are just redrafting a fantasy team as if the season is starting right now, and we're playing it out through the end of the regular season. So all injuries are current. We're we're not looking ahead to next year. We're not projecting out 
at all. It's just if you're starting a fantasy league and the NBA season starts tonight, uh, this is the team that you would want. So um, any other context that, that I forgot to include? Yeah, we're drafting the equivalent of three rounds. So yes. Nick and I are going to draft 18 players apiece. Uh, it's snake style. So I'm going to draft two. He's going to draft. Uh, I'm going to draft first. Then he's going to get two in a row. And then we go back that way. Uh, it's four guards, four forwards, two centers, and then 10 flex spots uh, or eight flex flex spots, excuse me. Um, and no bench. So in theory, we're playing this league out because there's just going to be no moves to make. We're just starting. Yep. We're just 18 guys, total roto points. Um, eight cat, if that wasn't mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think that sets it up. Um, you know, I've always been kind of interested in this. I think maybe there is a market for like post Super Bowl NBA fantasy leagues, um, yeah. or post All Star break NBA fantasy leagues. I, you know, there's not that much of the season left, but this is the first time I've done like a mid season uh, one, even though it's just between two people. I think it will be interesting. Yeah, hundred percent. We we could maybe set up a listener league if if there's any demand for that. Uh, I would happily participate. I, I know Alan Soslowski does something similar for football. Uh, and you, I mean, with fantasy football, people are doing it like at all junctures. There are some right. leagues that that wait until after week one, you know, so you kind of get a look at at some guys who you're unsure about. There are some leagues that will draft after week four. I think Alan did a league that drafted like the second half of the season. So, yeah, I mean, if, if there's any market for that for basketball, I, I think, um, you know, there are a ton of people that are just general sports fans and are so locked in on the NFL that, you know, once that ends, I think that's when when a lot of people flip over to the NBA. So. Um, yeah, maybe after the all-star break, we'll see if we can open one up for the listeners, but, uh, you have the number one pick Alex lead it off. I think I know where you're going. Nikola Jokic, uh, my number one pick number one, eight cat player right now per game, uh, basically never gets hurt, uh, plays the position of scarcity. I think this is just, this feels pretty obvious to me. Yeah. Not much to say there. Um, of course, if you didn't take him, I would have taken him. He, you know, it's funny because the first like month of the year, we were talking about like, I, you know, Jokic, he's taking a step back. He's not taking that many <laughs> shots. His minutes are down. And it, like three weeks later, he like zoomed up to the number one player. Um, although Anthony Davis is still number one in nine cat per game. Uh, although with Jokic, I mean, like you said, the number one thing with Jokic is I, I'm just never worried about him getting hurt. Like when he sits out, it feels like it's the nuggets. Like they have to convince him to sit out. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, they, they sat a bunch of guys yesterday against the Bucks. Right. Uh, but that was a that was a back to back and mm-hmm. everything like that. Okay, so Jokic is off the board. Hmm. Mm-hmm. He could go AD. I mean, like he's healthy, right? He's healthy. You get two in a row, are you, though. Are so you I'm trying to talk me snipe. into AD? I'm not. <laughs> that that's a bad sign. I'm not. Now I'm not taking him now. I'm not gonna be able uh, to snipe one of your picks. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Luka Doncic. Gotcha. And uh, I'm gonna take. Shea Gildas Alexander, if I could find him in the player pool. There we go. Two guards. Uh, Luca, pretty self-explanatory. I mean, you're you're sacrificing a little bit of value at the free throw line because he remains a low 70s free throw shooter. So that, that's a little frustrating, but he's at 50% shooting for the year. Uh, I mean, the steals are, are sitting at one and a half. Obviously, the, the points, rebounds, assists, we know about that. So I don't really feel like I have to make the case for Luca. SGA, uh, did I ever think I would take him third overall at the beginning of the season? No. But he's also been remarkably healthy. He's played more games than Jokic. He's played the same number as Doncic. And number one here is I don't think that the Thunder are going to rest him down the stretch. I uh, could be wrong about that. Maybe they do make a dramatic reversal, but I, I don't really see that happening. That that fear for me has really subsided. I agree, man. I think they're going to let it ride. And I think this is the time that they, they want to see what they have in these guys. Um, I think those are two really good picks. This is actually, this is a little bit of a tough pick. I got three guys. I'm looking at three names right now in the okay. eight cap per game value that are all injury prone. I'm looking at Davis and Bede and Durant. And to me, those guys are definitively better. Uh, I mean, I think, because uh, the sort of next guy down the list is Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll you tell know, you, I, I thought I thought hard about Embiid, but I just, yeah. like he's he's been pretty healthy so far-ish, but you know, like, the best case scenario for him is is always 66 to 68 games. I don't know. But, you know, positional scarcity, too, is a part of this. Like, you now, you just took Embiid. So, you now have the two best centers. Um, so, that's something to think about. I just took Embiid and I just took Curry. Um, okay. Yeah, position of scarcity at center. I don't I don't even need to draft another center the rest of the time. Um, you know, I, 
we have a um on the site if you go to our fantasy basketball rankings page the the sort of in season not only do we show you hey these are where everyone ranks one two three four five we also give you the z score so you can see for example yes kevin durant is four and sga is five but how much better is kevin durant actually than shea gilders alexander what's sort of the weight of the ranking and those three guys, Davis, Embiid, Durant, you know, are like significantly above someone like Curry. Now, I wasn't just going to take Durant yeah. or Davis. I, I just still, those guys are way too injury prone for me. But um, yeah, I feel pretty good about this. Uh, yeah, Curry is the guy that, you know, after you took Embiid, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't take. I would have loved to <laughs> you know, supplement some, some three-pointers. And yeah, I mean, it, it kind of feels like he maybe got his injury out of the way. And hopefully right. he'll be healthy the rest of the season. So I'm not quite as concerned about him. You know, he's, he's looked pretty good since he's come back. Um, and the other thing that Paige has, other than the Z scores, is the the breakdown by category. So you can see exactly what goes into those Z scores and like where players are hurting you, you know, where where they're they're benefiting you. And with Curry, I mean, you'll see you, you can sort by each category. He is so much more valuable when it comes to made threes than any other player. Like Lillard is is next up. And there's just there's a huge gulf between number one and number two, right? I think I think that page, you know, like you mentioned, the categories, it's especially useful for field goal percentage and free throw percentage, because those things are weighted based mm -hmm. on attempts, and that just might not be obvious to you right off the bat, you know. So it's really easy for you to see like the best free throw percentage value in the NBA is SGA, yep. um, you know, then Durant and Lillard. The worst is Giannis by a crazy margin. Minus 4.6. The next guy up is Steven Adams at minus 3.4. It's hard to explain how big of a gap that is. Right. But um, yeah, so I think it's especially useful for that if you're someone who keeps an eye on category or excuse me, keeps an eye on percentages. Right. And if you're in a, in a category league, you, you obviously have to. Same with nine cat. I, I've kind of backed myself into a corner now because I have I have the, the number one free throw guy who you mentioned, SGA, shooting 91% on 10 attempts per game. And then I also have a guy who's shooting 72% on 11 attempts per game. So like, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of splitting the difference right now. And if I take Giannis, you know, at that point, am I, am I basically punting free throws? You might be, I will say that I, uh, I've not considered, I've not pondered the strategy of a two man Roto league. Um, <laughs> yeah. so whatever you want to do, I think is fine. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. In, in a typical league, you, you maybe have some, some middle ground where you could rest. I think it's just important to like stay out of the basement uh, but yeah, you're you're just by by virtue of having Embiid, who by the way is having an, a ridiculous year at the line. He's like 86 percent on almost 12 attempts per mm -hmm. game. Like Embiid, Curry, and Jokic is a, a pretty unbeatable start when it comes to free throw percentage. Uh, but anyway, we we got to move this thing along. I will take, I'll take Giannis and I'll take Jason Tatum. Giannis and Tatum. Okay. Uh, and Giannis is center eligible. I would like to make him. Oh, that is nice. One of my centers. Giannis there. Giannis is very quietly down to rank 50 in per game eight cat value. Yep. By the way, but it's, it's almost entirely due to free throws. So it is, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I it's a trade-off of course, we, we kind of mentioned it with Doncic and you know, again, it's, it's a weird exercise when there's only one other team that you're competing against. So I'm basically conceding free throws to you. Um, but Giannis for the most part, he's healthy. Uh, the knee thing is a little concerning. You know, it's, it's it almost feels a little more, Embiid like where you don't know if he's hurt or if they're just being super cautious. I think it wouldn't be shocking if he and Embiid play the same number of games going forward. But uh, you know, I mean, you're getting ridiculous points, rebounds, assists. You're getting some blocks as well. Uh, field goal percentage is good, so feel fine about that. And then Tatum, Tatum might be the safest player in fantasy right now. He does. He feels incredibly safe. Um, he was going to be. He's definitely on my short list coming up. Um, you know, no no real risk of resting or anything like that. Mm -hmm. hasn't really gotten hurt much throughout his career. Um, Not really, no. Really safe bet in fantasy. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite direction, and I'm going to take Anthony Davis. Um, okay. And then I'm going to follow that up uh, with uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, Might as well double down. Me, you know, Durant, Durant's allegedly going to be back before the All-Star break. And I think these guys, just on a per-game basis, are almost too good for me to to jump farther down the list, you know, like in theory, the next guy up would be James Harden mm -hmm. or Lillard. And I just, Durant and AD are so much better than him. Of course I'm taking the injury risk, but at some point, again, you're weighing the, 
the uh, injury risk versus the upside and, and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you have the top four guys in eight cat per game value right now. So, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of pushback from me, but you also have a guy in AD who's played 26 games and might be the most injury prone player in NBA history. Right. Uh, and B's played 35, Durant's injured right now. So, you know, you, you got to take you know, the, the good with the bad. But um, when you get the top four guys in value, um, you know, it, you, you kind of have to take that risk that, that they'll stay healthy. Um, let's see. I, I think I might just like quadruple down on guards here. I'm going to take the next guy on my value list. I will take Damian Lillard. Okay. So that gives me Luca, SGA, and Lillard in the backcourt. And I'm going to take James Harden. I'm going to do it. He, he, I think, I think like Curry, I, I'm hoping that he's already gotten his injury out of the way. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I was thinking about pairing Harden with Embiid, but you took him. Yeah, for as much for as much flack as Harden gets, he's still the ninth-ranked player. Uh, the assists are ridiculous. Um, you know, the only thing he's really not giving you is like, I mean, his field goal percentage is kind of suspect, but it's always been that way, right? He just launches so many threes, and he occasionally gets caught foul hunting and has to jack up some shot that's practically an air ball. Yep. Um, but he's still an elite fantasy player. No question there. He is. I mean, Lillard, I, we kind of know the book with him. I mean, I, I guess I just added two more elite free throw shooters to, to try to compensate for Giannis and Doncic. Uh, you know, with Lillard, the assists are down, but I mean, he's up over 30 points per game now. After last night, the field goal percentage is really good. 4.1 threes per game. Uh, by comparison, Curry's at 4.9. Uh, the only thing is neither of these guys are overly high steal players. And, you know, Harden's at 1.3, which is pretty good. But at his peak, I mean, he was a he was a two steal per game guy three or four years ago. So one point three is fine, but it it feels like he's leaving a little bit on the table. Yeah, this is this is uh this is where the draft I think gets a little more convoluted. Hundred yep. uh, percent. I'm eyeing up Halliburton, but I'm a little worried about right. that injury. Um, I'm okay. just not convinced he's coming back before the All Star break. You know, and Donovan Mitchell hurt his groin again. LeBron maybe. Um, I'm scoring leader. Yeah, all-time scoring leader, LeBron. Well, not James. if you count college points. Far back do we go? Uh, I'm gonna go. Mm, I'm gonna go Donovan Mitchell. I'm taking the risk here uh, okay. with the groin injury. I did. I did see the end of that game. It it looked like he was not doing that well. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna bite the bullet again. Takes a little bit of injury risk. I'm going LeBron. Um, uh. I think he's having. I think he's just having. He's having a great year, and I don't think AD coming back is really going to slow him down a no. lot. I think he'll slow him down a little, but uh, I think they're. I think the Lakers are going to lock in. I think LeBron, AD, both those guys know that the West is relatively wide open. We mm -hmm. can lock in. We should be playing these games, and uh, I'm not too worried. Yeah, I think the thing with LeBron is like. Are you still going to get the 46 points in a blowout loss game? Yeah. Uh, like we saw against the Clippers. Like once once he gets past the the record, I do think like maybe the the impetus to just go crazy in, in these like losing efforts might not be there. But uh, yeah, I mean, e even if he declines by five or 10%, you're still getting like a lock top 20 guy. I mean, he's up to 13th in per game value, uh, 30 points a game, 51% from the field. Uh, he's having another vintage year. So no complaints for me on that one. Let's see. I probably would have taken Mitchell if he was there. I feel like I need to add some value in the front court. I'm going to take another center eligible player. And I, I think for now I will place him at center. I'm going to Montes Sabonis. Hard to argue with that. He's yeah, on so a tear is, right now. He's on a tear. Uh, yeah, you kind of worry about the fact that he has been playing through an injury, but we're, we're also far enough along that it just seems like it's not going to be that much of an issue. Uh, I love Sabonis. You know, much more of a counting stats guy than the... Uh, kind of the niche stats, like he doesn't give you any blocks. He really doesn't give you a ton in terms of steals. So I'm kind of tripling down on points, rebounds, assists. Uh, but he's also shooting almost 61% from the field, which is pretty ridiculous for, for a relatively high volume shooter. And with my next pick, I think I need to get some blocks. And th this one scares me a little bit uh, just because of, of this player's injury history. But I will go with Jaron Jackson Jr., I was looking at him too. I was scanning the list. I mean, his blocks dominance is crazy. Like he's playing 26 minutes a game and it's the 17th ranked fantasy player. I think he's a no brainer defensive yeah. player of the year guy. I think he should be an all-star. Um, kind of incredible how, how high he ranks 
uh, given that he's only, you know, his other stats are like 16 and seven. But yeah, uh, in terms of injuries, I feel like it could go either way because he played 78 games last year. Like he was almost leading the league in games played, but the year before he played 11 games. So we have, we have like one data point on one side, one data point couldn't be further on the other side. So I, you know, I mean, he missed time to begin the year. I'm, I'm hoping that the early career injury stuff was just a fluke. And yeah, if, I mean, if he plays 90% of the games going forward, I, I, I really like that value at what would be the 15th overall pick. I agree. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to bite the bullet on some risk. I'm going to take Halliburton. Okay. I think, uh, I just think his upside is too high at this point in the draft. Uh, he did yeah. take part in non-contact work uh, Monday. So mm-hmm. that's encouraging. And then I am going to take... Uh, I'm going to take Laurie Markkinen. Uh, Psycho. Just just a, just an extremely stable force in fantasy right now, which is kind of hard to believe. Like, <laughs> truly, truly one of the most stable, consistent players in the NBA, um, especially over the past, like, month or two. You know, mm-hmm. earlier in the season, there were some more, like, you know, 14-point, 17-point performances uh, lobbed in there. He hasn't scored fewer than 20 points since December 17th. And since then, yes, yes. It's been December 17th since he scored fewer than 20 points. Over the past 17 games, marketing is averaging 29 points on 51, 45, 90 shooting, 9.2 boards, 1.1 assists, and a little bit of steals and blocks for some good nature, and 1.4 turnovers. This is not a nine-cat league. But I, I just feel like we need to highlight that Lori Markkinen um, is, is having a crazy year, man. Seriously. Make sure you take some time to talk to your children about I, the year that Lori Markkinen is having. It's important. Uh, shout out to the Roto Tech team, by the way, for the ability to average out like a certain sample. I That's like my favorite thing about our player pages is that you can you could sort it however you want and you could just take the average of a sample. Um, I mean, 29 a game. For 17 mm-hmm. straight games, he's he will be an all-star, right? Is is that even a question anymore? I don't think he made my team when we did it. I think I, I think put I had Zion him on mine and, and yeah, I mean it's, it's he's gonna be right on the borderline, but I, I think he gets in. Like the West is yeah. just not that strong this year. The numbers are overwhelming at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think it really sounds like Zion's not gonna be back at the break, and I think people will yeah. just vote in marking in at that point. Cause if Zion's just not gonna play any more games until then, I think right. marketing overlaps him and then I think there will be some people who give him the nod over Jaron Jackson, and um, yep. he deserves to be in there somehow for sure. Yeah, we'll see how the, how the fan vote shakes out too. That'll have some influence. Uh, by the way, these are his total value ranks for eight cat leagues over the last five years: one twenty two, one thirty four, one seventy one, one twenty one, nine. <laughs> that is crazy. Like it, it, it's borderline unprecedented what he's doing. It really is. I mean, I know SGA is going to win uh, most improved, but I I don't it it actually feels like more of the spirit of the award to give it to Markinen because yeah. Markinen's also having a ridiculous season. Like there's it's not like Markinen, you know, is averaging like 18 and 6 and it's like, "Oh, like Markinen's yeah, really stable, good player." It's like, "No, Markinen is like putting up MVP numbers over the past 2 months." Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, let's see. I will go with. I've had all this time to think and did not really come to terms with a pick. Come to terms. Well, I mean, are, are we to the point where it makes sense to take Towns? Uh, you know that, that calf strain. The fact that they lied about the calf strain and Cat know that knew that they lied and he sort of exposed them on Twitch was like pretty bizarre. Bad. Vibe. Yeah, that was strange. That was strange. And on top of that, he just wasn't that good when he was healthy. I mean, he was still no. like a borderline top 20 player, but not nearly the upside that we expected. I don't know if I can do it here. I will go with, I don't feel, I don't feel great about any of these guys at this point. I think you're right. We've kind of reached that point where there's basically like 20 guys you could take and make a reasonable case for at this point. I'm going to, I'm going to take my first like true injury risk here and go Jimmy Butler. Take a Jimmy Butler. I need a forward anyway. Uh, Jimmy Butler has played in 34 games. So same number as Paul George, same neighborhood as Embiid, Curry. It feels like he's played in way less, but he's a high steals guy. I'm in need of steals for my team. High field goal percentage. Uh, free throws have been great this year. 
Uh, he's, he's a top 15 player per game. Yeah, he, um, yeah, to me, this is the, or I'm looking straight at a tier of players that is Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. And I think both of yep. us are kind of staring at that, like who's going to, who's going to move first. Uh, and you, you sort of pulled the trigger on, on Jimmy Butler, who I think is the best of that group. And Butler's actually played, um, I think he played 11 straight games until he recently missed that one against Boston. Yep. So, um, he's been a little healthier for sure. What's your follow-up? Oh, that's right. I forgot I have two. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, in that case, oh <laughs> uh, man, you know what? I'm going to go with a, a steady force and a guy who I don't think is going to be traded. Uh, a player who has both guard and forward eligibility and someone who, if his team ends up making some other moves, could somehow have even more value the rest of the way. DeMar DeRozan. Oh. DeMar okay. DeRozan, 26th overall uh, in, in eight cat so far. Uh, in per game value. So little bit of a reach here, but he has really not had any injury issues the last few years. He's been ultra consistent, uh, basically 25, five and five every night. Uh, very similar stat profile to Jimmy Butler in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I'm just really confused about what the, like the direction of the franchise, but there's been no sure. indication in the rumor mill about them blowing it up. And I think they could, and they could probably do it relatively effectively, but it just doesn't sound like they're going to go for it. So I think DeRozan's a relatively safe bet. I'd be a little more worried if I had like Vucevic on my roster. Um, yeah, I'm not sure, but I think that's I think that's a I think that's a good pick. I man, I really don't want to take Kyrie. Um, although that would be Durant insurance, and then Durant would be yeah. Irving insurance. I'm going to take Paul George uh, so that I can delay this pick for at least another three seconds. Sure, uh, sure. Paul George, I think there's going to be increased pressure for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to play more games in the second half of the season. I think they just need to get chemistry and they need to just take some risks in terms of like, hey, maybe we can play these guys on back-to-backs because mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, um, otherwise it's going to be, we probably don't stand a chance. And then, you know, I'm, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm taking Kyrie. Okay. Uh, because I do, I do actually feel like after this point in the draft, it's really flat. Like you look at the Z scores and the amount of players sitting between like 0.4 and 0.3 is like pretty vast. Mm. Um, you have a lot of different options. Like I feel like he's sort of the last guy in a, in a specific tier. So, uh, I'm taking him. Okay. Okay. I like it. Um, I feel like I need to get, get some threes, you know, get some more scoring here. I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards with my next pick. Okay. Uh, this brings us to number 21 overall. He is currently 20th in per game value. That's higher than I would have guessed. It feels like it's been a disappointing year for Edwards. Yeah. And yet, you know, he had a huge game last night. He's still averaging 25, six and five, uh, approaching two steals per game. And mm -hmm. he's hitting 2.73s. So I, I like him at this value. Really quality fantasy line. I mean, it, you know, the, the 1.7 steals and, and 0.6 blocks are really driving that value up. Yes. Uh, because you're right. Other than that, you know, you watch it, Anthony Edwards. He has he has some nice nights. He's, you know, yeah, it just doesn't feel like a breakout season or anything. He's just a really, he's just proven to be a really good player for Minnesota. I really want to take LaMelo Ball. Like he has the numbers. He has the numbers that I'm looking for with this pick, but I, I just can't, I can't quite do it. I'm way too worried about the combination of health and a shutdown. I, I just think that's more than likely at this point. So I'm going to pass on LaMelo I'm going to take a guy who I, I just don't really find myself rooting for. He's like one of my least favorite players. And that's saying a lot. Cause I, I feel like I, I do a good job of like, not like despising certain guys, but I'm taking Trey young. He's, he's too good of a value at this point. Uh, he's been healthy. It's been kind of a weird year for him in terms of real life, but fantasy wise, he's played better of late and he's a top 25 guy. The three point shooting still weird over the past 14 games, 34%, although he's taking way fewer. Yeah. His, his three-point attempts over the past five games, 4.6, and he's shooting 17%. Um, but still managing to be efficient because he, he gets to the free throw line. And um, yeah, they're in a really weird spot as a team. But I agree. I mean, the assist production at some point is just, it's hard to ignore. He's just such a, he's just such a boon in that category. He's uh, making fewer threes per game than Drew Holiday. Just need to get that in there. Well, speaking of, uh, I'm taking Drew Holiday. Is it time? Okay. Yeah, it's time to take Drew. Uh, incredibly stable force for the Bucs. Uh, 
just quality roto player. His free throw percentage is way up this year, which is helping him a ton. And that helps him a lot as a player because occasionally goes bully ball and just tries to, to draw fouls. Um, just a really stable force. So I'm, I'm not worried there because the other options, like you mentioned, it's like, do I take Chris Stapps? Do I take LaMelo? And to be honest, those guys are not even that much better than than Drew this year. They just aren't. Um, I am going to take... I think I'm going to just stick with some stable production and just go with Jalen Brown. Okay. Don't really, don't really have... There's a lot of guys you could take in this category. Some of them have risks. Some of them have more gaudy specific numbers, but I think Brown is just a great roto player. And I don't really need any like center production at this point. I got a ton of big men. Yeah. Great pick. I mean, with Jalen Brown, it's, it's very few holes, uh, almost never misses time. Like he missed what two or three games last week. That just you know feels like that might be his longest string of absences of the year. Just a great set it and forget it type of player. So no notes for me there. I am glad. I, I thought you were going to take Bam out of bio. I will take him no. here. Uh, he's been really good of late. Uh, you know, being way more aggressive. Like I was watching the Heat the other night uh, against Boston, and like he's just so much more confident as like a mid range or even short mid range shooter. Yeah, like these jump hook type of shots. Like he's got really nice arc. And he used to. It used to take him forever to get his shot off. It was this long elongated release, and it, it's not quick now, but it, it's a lot smoother. There's there's no hitch at all. Uh, last twelve games, twenty three points, eleven rebounds. 1.2 blocks, 1.4 steals. The percentages have been pretty good. Uh, obviously, it doesn't give you any threes. That's kind of the missing piece. But I also think with Adebayo, we're, we're to the point where that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. No, it's not. I agree with you, though. I've caught a lot more heat games than I have. Uh, well, they were hurt for a long time, and I was like, why watch? Um, but yeah, they've been featuring him a lot more in that short roll, that free throw line. I I don't. I think teams, you know, Embiid's making a living out of that these days, too that like 14, 15 foot jumper. And yeah, I don't think out is a three point shooter, but his free throw percentage is good enough that that free throw line pick and pop feels like it should be stable for him. Mm-hmm. And he's also a great passer. So he can, he can catch survey the defense, make a decision. Um, and I think the heat realized like we need to feature this guy. If we stand a chance, like he's one of our three best players. Like we need to make sure he's yeah. super involved. Um, I like that pick. Who's your follow Yeah, I mean, Butler, Butler was out the other night, but he, like, Adebayo was, like, clearly the guy and was yeah. playing as if he knew he was the guy, which I think is a really good sign. Uh, I'm going to take a, a guy who's currently hurt. We're not sure when he's going to be back. I think the hope is he could play at least a handful of games before the break. If that's the case, I'll feel good about this. If not, maybe not so much. I'm taking Devin Booker. I don't mind that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nothing special, I think, but. I think they're going to be super cautious with him, but they're, they can't. They can't be too cautious with them. Now they got Chris Paul back, right? So um they they got a bit of a stable force back. I think um that's just a solid pick. Uh let's see, where am I going here? You know I just I I, I just don't think like Towns, Porzingis, and Ball, I just don't think those guys are worth taking yet. They're really not that far above a lot of these guys farther down the list. Um Miles Turner is a name for me. Yeah. I'm a little worried. Van Vliet. I have some concerns. Yeah, you took Bam. Siakam? You know, uh he's an option. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take DeJounte Murray, actually. Okay. Um, feels very stable. Basically, no concerns. Gives you that great steals production. Um stat sheet stuffer. And uh, I think Atlanta's, they have to continue playing all their guys huge minutes if they stand a chance. Because their starting five actually is pretty good. It's just the other mm-hmm. guys that are concerning. You know, Ananobi, regardless, I mean, he could, I feel like even if Ananobi got traded, he would still be playing 36 minutes a game. That's definitely an option. Um, you know, I think Garland is, is in a spot here too. I think taking, I might pair Garland with Mitchell. That could, you know, that could be decent. Um, I think, uh, I'm going to take Garland here. I'm going to pair Garland and Mitchell. You know, if one of them gets hurt, the other one will get a boost in numbers. But that was a that was basically a pretty tough decision between him and and Ananobi, who gives you those that steals those steals and block numbers that are are really valuable. And again, if he gets traded, I'm not worried. Yeah, I, I think with with OG, there's some room to grow uh, as far as the shooting goes. Um, you know, defensively, he's been a complete monster. I was I was at Bucks Raptors a couple of weeks ago, like. That dude is huge. Like he has yeah. the legs of like a middle linebacker. Like it is ridiculous how much bigger he's gotten 
since he entered the league. And yeah, he, they don't really feature him at all. He doesn't, it's there are times where it just feels like he doesn't really do anything for an entire quarter, but he always racks up numbers. I mean, he's a top 35 guy for a reason. Um, I, I would have taken him with one of my next couple picks. If you didn't, man, we are, we are at a really interesting point because there are three guys who are currently top 25 players per game who are available. Uh, those three are towns, Porzingis and LaMelo all coming with very similar injury concerns and at, at some point, it's going to become worth it. I, I don't know if we're quite at that point. Well, uh, I mean, we only have like four picks left. You, I mean, you have four picks left. We just, I know, you know, I know, yeah, there's not I know, but there's, you know, there's some other guys I want here. It's, it's right. tough. The other guy too, is like John Morant. Like it, if you're, you know, if we, if we put this draft board out on Twitter, I feel like people would be like, why is John Morant not being taken? Uh, you know, he's still at that phase where he might be one of the 10 best players in the league, but fantasy wise, he's just not really in that category. No, some of it depends on team build. But again, if you're, I mean, if you're just building what you consider to be a balanced, stable roto team, yeah, neither Giannis nor Morant are guys that you would really consider, like before plenty of other guys on this list. Like I mentioned before, Giannis is fifty, Morant's forty-seven. They just have too many holes in their game. I'm taking Morant. With okay. all that said, I, uh, <laughs> you know, I already have Giannis. I already have Doncic. They're already they're they're killing me in free throws. Um, might as well add to that. Uh, you know, Ja is shooting 74% at the line on eight and a half attempts. So, I mean, it's not, it's not completely disastrous, but it's, it's not great. Uh, you know, still a pretty low steals player for a point guard who plays heavy minutes. Uh, the field goal percentage is fantastic for his size. I mean, there's not many like slight six foot two guards who shoot 46, 47%. So that's big. Uh, but also three point volume, not really there. I mean, he's, 1.7 per game in the modern NBA. That's, that's not all that great either way. Um, I think we are at the point where it makes sense to take him and I'm taking Siakam over towns. Uh, that was, that was my kind of decision here with my next pick. I'm, I'm taking Siakam. I don't think that's a take at all. He's been really good. Um, I think, you know, in theory, we, this is technically, you know, this is a roto league, but it's technically a head to head league. Exactly. It's technically a head to head category league. So, in theory, the best thing for both of us would do for, uh, for both of us to do would be to pick five categories and punt three and just mm -hmm. try to win those against each other. Yeah, just try, try to win like five to four every week. Yes, exactly. I yeah. mean, that's how you should play normal head to head category leagues. It's, it's clearly like there's no that's the strategy. But mm -hmm. um, I want to see if I can build a balanced team and still win. And I think it gives you know, it's better for drafting uh, a more balanced team and getting a bit of a mix, I think is better. It's a better representation of how. It's easier for us to talk about fantasy that way um, and how the seasons have actually gone. Yeah, we're at a tough point now um, with those guys you mentioned. I am still going to – I'm still going to not take them. And I'm going to go with Miles Turner. Okay. Who – yes, it's possible he gets traded. I still think he's too good to be like a, a legit backup. And no, he, I, think I don't think he'll be a backup. Right. And so I think there's always a chance, you know, maybe he and Indy agree to an extension that's lucrative, but still puts them an opportunity to get moved. And they don't, they don't like to tank either. And I mean, they already have a, you know, with Halliburton and Turner on the floor, all they need is like one, one more guy. And, you know, Matherin's making moves like Indiana's a quality basketball team. So, you know, the Turner thing is not, uh, he's not as like nuclear of a, trade candidate as it used to be like at the beginning of the season. And, um, you know, kind of along those same lines, I think I'm going to take another player who I consider to be pretty stable um, with good defense. And that's Ananobi. I'm going to do it. I've talked myself into him before. I'm getting tons of steals and blocks production out of those two guys. Um, I guess I am sort of building like a steals and blocks build at this rate. Mm -hmm. uh with my centers and my and my big men but um yeah to me those guys i would just i would rather not take the risk um on towns or Perzingis quite at this juncture yeah honestly i don't know why i took jaron jackson like i have no chance to compete with you in blocks it, it, he, he well, would have it, to it, handily it. block every shot yeah i mean we're not this isn't like a cutthroat uh you know hardcore strategy league but that i mean not that was you, that, that was <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, that was the that was the right move though in theory. I mean, it's it's just it, it's important to highlight that he ranks 17th. Yeah. You know, like someone in your league 
you're listening to this, might not understand that Jaron Jackson is mm-hmm. the 17th best player in fantasy. And you can, there's a chance you can just trade Zion Williamson straight up for Jaron Jackson and you win that trade by a mile if you get Jackson. There's a pretty good chance you could do that just because people love Zion so much. Uh, am I absolutely crazy for considering taking Alperin Shangun with one of my last couple picks? He's been cooking lately. You know, I was I was writing our best bets column and I was like, my my gut reaction was like, oh, you know, the Rockets against uh, Cleveland tonight. I was like, ah, Shangun's probably going to have a bad night against Jared Allen and um, uh, Mobley. And I just could not take the under on his number. He's been playing so well lately. Last eight games, 20 points, 11, and, or excuse me, 10 and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists, 1.5 steals, 1.4 blocks, 67% from the field. I don't know. It's it's very uh, it's very early career Jokicy, which is not fair and is not going to happen again. But it, I, I don't know. I mean, relatively similar skill sets. He he doesn't have that same like the thing that separates Jokic other than staying healthy is like like his like super duper all time skill is his touch, right? Like just what yeah. it doesn't matter the angle, it doesn't matter how far away he is. He just has like incredible touch. I, I don't think Shangun has that. Uh, you know the fact that he shoots like fifty five percent at the line for long stretches. I think bears that out, but man, I mean, I don't know, like for the rest of the season, like I, the Rockets are going to be a bottom three team. I don't see them shutting him down. I think if anything, you know, that they turn him loose even more. Right. I I think that these, this last like two weeks has been so eye popping that I don't see, I don't know why you would go away from that. Well, the minutes are the main thing. He's playing like 36 minutes a game over this stretch. And, you know, before like on the season, he's only averaging, I think 28, and for him, yeah, for him to some extent, it's a minutes equation. If he continues to play 34 to 36 minutes a game regularly for the rest of the season, he is going to be like a top 30 value. But a lot of this, it's important to note that a lot of this stretch has come with Kevin Porter Jr. out. So they're just giving the ball more to Shangood. Yeah. Um, but either way, I think they're going, I think, um, I hope Steven Silas just continues to give him more minutes going forward. Okay, so after all that, I'm going to take Fred Van Vliet, <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody that we have not talked about at all. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and look, I mean, he, it feels like he's having a really bad year and percentage wise he is, but he's, he's always bad with percentages. Yeah. Uh, the three point shooting has been really bad, but you know, he's still averaging 26 for, uh, the steals have been there. And I, you know, if he gets traded or if the Raptors kind of switch things up, I don't, I don't know if it would be that bad for him. Like, I know there is this kind of pie in the sky idea that he could end up with the Lakers. Like he just switched his representation and people always think that somehow means that LeBron's involved. Um, if he went to the Lakers, that would be, that would be bad for his value, but he's also on a Raptors team where, you know, Siakam is there. OG is there. Scotty Barnes is there. Like they have other players. Gary Trent is a, a pretty high usage player when it comes to scoring. So like, I, I feel like he could be traded or they could make a move and it wouldn't affect him that much. Uh, with that said, if he leaves Toronto, the minutes are the main thing. Like, is he still going to be playing 47 minutes a night? Probably not. Yeah. All these Toronto guys, that's a concern if they get dealt. Do they get dealt to a coach that is just <laughs> is just not a forty minute per game coach for his for his starters? Yeah, um, which yeah, probably not. I mean, there's literally no one else that plays their their guys like that. So I'm down to my final pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I I think like I got to take some sort of a risk here. I mean, Brandon Ingram he ranks really low just because he has like a couple partial games that are bringing down his averages. He's only played like what eighteen games or something like that this year. I don't know if I want to go there. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like a a pick that would like shock the listeners. I, I don't know if that's really out there. That probably was Shangun, but uh, I, I'm just gonna go with a boring route here and take Carl Anthony Towns. I'm gonna follow you up by taking Lamelo Ball. Okay. Uh, yeah, a somber end of the draft. <laughs> it really is. Um, as the fan tracks crowd goes wild in my headphones. Yeah, at the, at the I end was of wondering, the we'll, we'll find out. I have no idea if the, if the fan track sound effects will be on the podcast. I don't think they will. I don't I think they, they are. will. Okay. They are. Well, uh, I, they're great sound effects. Actually. I love the, the, the pick sound. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is partially a plug for fan tracks, which if you're trying to put together a sort of bizarro, abnormal fantasy league, I, I personally, I just, I recommend fan tracks. It's pretty easy and they have a ridiculous amount of options. Like if you're if you have anything in mind where you're like I want to create this league, you could probably do it there. Um, at least for my Lamelo pick, it's just I think the upside's too high. I mean, he might be back tonight. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he got ruled out yet. I mean, the ankle injury looked really bad. Charlotte always, always, always underreports their injuries. You know, Lamelo's probably going to be questionable for three weeks. Um, 
But honestly, he's not affecting winning enough for them to like sit him down the stretch uh, and not have fans come to the arena because they won't if LaMelo Ball is not playing. And so I think, uh, you know, I think there's a chance he comes back and stays healthy. I think these injuries, these ankle injuries have mostly been a freak thing this year. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, totally fair. I, I think that is a good point that they don't, they don't need to hold them out, you know, unless it gets to like some situation where they're on the border between like the fourth and the third worst record. Uh, maybe at that point, you know, towards the very end of the year, he could miss a game or two, but yeah, I mean, he's even when he's playing, it's not like they're, they're ripping off a bunch of wins. So uh, that, that should quell some of the concerns about him resting. Uh, I'll run through the the rosters real quick. I'll, I'll say mine, then you can say yours. And then we'll, we'll just do a couple minutes on some guys who just missed the cut. Uh, and then, then we'll get out of here. So I had the second pick and in order, I went Luka Doncic, SGA, Giannis, Tatum, Lillard, Harden, Sabonis, Jaron Jackson, Jimmy Butler, DeRozan, Anthony Edwards, Trey Young, Adebayo, Booker, Morant, Siakam, Van Vliet, and Towns. I grabbed Jokic, Embiid, Curry, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, LeBron, Halliburton, Markinen, Paul George, Kyrie, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, DeJounte Murray, Darius Garland, Miles Turner, OG Ananobi, LaMelo Ball. Uh, technically the best player who went undrafted per game, 8-cat value, is Porzingis. Yep. who is going to be out, I think, for at least another week or two and feels like we've been waiting for him to get injured all year. Uh, ironically, it's been Beal, the one who's been hurt. But the thing is, he just wasn't so much better than a lot of the, uh, these other guys for me who want to take that risk. And he's been awesome. I mean, if he didn't have yes. the history, if he didn't have the history that he does and you know, we kind of felt the same way about him as we do Towns and LaMelo where you're like, I'm a little concerned, but once they're back, they should be good. Uh, with Porzingis, like it's it's going to be like this the rest of his career. Like you're you're never going to trust that whenever he's back, you know that that next injury isn't right around the corner. So I, I, we're in lockstep there. Uh, in terms of preseason ADP, the highest drafted player who we did not take is Rudy Gobert, who was at uh, roughly pick 27 on fan tracks. Cade Cunningham right there as well. I mean, Cade was going a lot higher than than the late 20s in some drafts that I was doing. Uh, so those two and then Zion Williamson are, are kind of the big three. Um, how much did the injury, the current injury, influence your opinion of Zion? Because as we always have to remind people, he's way better and way cooler in real life than he is in fantasy. <laughs> yes. It influenced it a lot because he's not an elite fantasy player. He's in the sort, same sort of tier as like Garland and Siakam and like Vucevic, which is weird to say. But, you know, he... Um, he's just not giving you a ton of steals and blocks production. The free throw percentage is pretty bad, though not as bad as it has been in years past. He's not like a, he's not really killing you in that category as much as he used to. Um, but, you know, when that team is fully healthy, like he, you know, right before he got hurt, he was playing out of his mind, but Brandon Ingram was out. And, um, you know, I think once they're all healthy, it's not going to be as crazy. And the hamstring, it's a ham, I'm pretty sure it's a hamstring, right, for um, Zion. That's always a huge concern for players. Um, really hard to come back from. Really easy to re-aggravate. A guy his size, it's just, it's really tough to bank on him and a draft this shallow. Other names we did not take. Uh, Vucevic, you know, just for one, just kind of a boring player. Uh, I also think there's some concerns about, you know, what what that looks like after the trade deadline. Uh, Bradley Beal, just, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like Bradley Beal was a like borderline first round player not that long ago. He's had trouble staying healthy. The, the numbers have been way down. Uh, still, I, I think somebody that would have been justifiable with one of the final picks, but never really gave him that much consideration. Uh, you know, Chris Paul, De'Aaron Fox, Zach Levine, uh, Scotty Barnes, Kawhi, I guess, if you're just looking at per game, would make some sense. Uh, Julius Randle. Other than that, I, I think that's kind of most of the guys who would be in true consideration. I think so. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody like far down the list that I think is going to have some sort of like post post trade deadline breakout. You know, I don't think there's anybody in like the 60 or the 70s that I think is going to vault up to like 15th per game for the final uh, month and a half of the season or anything like that. I mean, it could happen. You know, it's it's um, it's always a possibility, but I just I don't see that name. It doesn't jump out to me. So I uh, wasn't going to take that that big of a risk. I think Shangun is probably the guy, and it feels like that's almost become too obvious. Where you're, you're not 
you're not getting like the discount that you might have earlier in the year on Shangun. I think depending on what Toronto does, there's there's still hope for Scotty Barnes to have an elite year because if they do yeah. clean house, if they trade one or two pieces and turn things over to him, I think that could get really interesting and he could put up some huge counting stats down the stretch. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I don't I don't think there's any like young player who you know, it's it's not like the Rockets trading Eric Gordon would all of a sudden make Jalen Green like a top 40 guy. No. No, not at all. And you know those bottom teams like you know, Charlotte, nobody on Charlotte is going to vault into that. No, there's no young players on Charlotte who are going to reach that those heights. Same with Detroit. Um, and yeah, you know, you mentioned with San Antonio and Houston, just nobody's going to gonna vault to that status. No, exactly. All right, man, we'll get out of here. This was fun. Uh, we'll, we'll post these results somewhere, either on the site or on Twitter, at the very least, at the Rotowire NBA account. Make sure you give that a follow, at Rotowire NBA. Uh, follow us on Twitter, follow Rotowire on Twitter as well. Uh, fun stuff. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll see if we can get a, a mid season fantasy league organized at some point, uh, at least, at least get, you know, maybe another experts draft or something. Uh, because I think this is a really good way to look at the season. I think so too. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.